Lord Church. <clears throat> I will honor your word, Bishop, but I will just simply say thank you. Never given up on me. And while I've honored your word, my wife said, you best be thanking me. I've carried you for almost 22 years. You better talk about me for at least five minutes. <clears throat> many opportunities, many stupid mistakes. Um, she's never given up hope in me. She, it sounds cliche, sounds cliche, but she makes me achieve to be better. And without her, I will honestly say, I wouldn't be living for God right now. Because there's those times when I need that push, and she's there to kick me. And I love her for that. <clears throat> so, I know God loves me. Sometimes I just don't think he likes me. I had something that I thought we were going to go with. Jeremiah? <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> I had something that I was for sure y'all were going to love it. You know how you always have a little something Instant in season, out of season, just, <clears throat> yeah, this is going to be great. And God said, that's your show. That's not mine. And I said, okay, then what am I going to talk about? <clears throat> and he gave me <clears throat> James 1, 13 through 15. It says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. <clears throat> but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. And I thought I was going to get to talk to you about that. And this morning... God said, everything you've written down, that's cool. And, and I could expound on this. <clears throat> I was ready to. And I said, come on, God, don't do this to me. And, and <clears throat> if I could have scripted a worse day for me to be up here, I don't think I could have. Everything has gone wrong since I left the shower. I'm scared to see if my socks match because they probably don't. <laughs> I fired a tech today and then was forced to rehire the same tech today. Oh, you laugh. The Lord was nowhere near me earlier today. <clears throat> so, Brother Jason, I'm keying in on one thing. Because sometimes God's confirmation is not this big, loud confirmation, but it's in the small things. 
And if there's one thing that I've learned in living for God, and that, that's tempting me to go where I wanted to go because I wanted to talk about living for God. Okay, I got through it. Just listen. So if you're trying to live for God the hardest, you're with all your strength and all your might, you're doing it wrong. You're putting way too much effort into it. Our strength is in him. You, you have to figure out, are you living for God for yourself, or are you living for God for God? Because if you're living for God for God, then when God tells you, I need you to do this, you're going to have to do it. Can't talk to you about that, though. <clears throat> so, Brother Jason, the fact that you, yeah, the fact that you saw the man in the store, the fact that you felt moved to go speak to him, <clears throat> and even the fact that when the time came, you just for whatever reason weren't able to do it, you were participating in living for God. Even in what you consider to be a failure, God was there. Because it's from that failure that you drew from for the next time. God is in the failure. As long as you're not a spectator in living for God, as long as you are participating in living for God, God is in the failure. And I thank God that he is because I'm a failure. I have failed God so many times. I don't deserve to be up here. But God was in my failure. God said, I understand you need some time. I understand where you're at. Take the time that you need, but don't stay there. Get up. I thought I knew what living for God was. I thought that I had battles beat. I thought that I would never fail in certain areas again. How foolish are we? How arrogant are we to think that we can stop leaning on God for our support? To stop leaning on God to get us through the day? How arrogant are we to think that we have the power to live for God on our own? I've learned some hard lessons in the last couple years. And I'm not here to give you a sob story. Because everybody has one, some worse than mine. But all I can share with you is my story. Because it's the only book I know from fr uh, cover to where I am now. I can only share with you my experience. But I can tell you, Brother Jason, you were a participant that day. And that, what you see as a failure, God said you learned something. As long as you're learning something, you're not failing. <clears throat> see, because spectators and participants, they both get to feel the atmosphere. They both get to feel the electricity in the air. 
They all get to hear the roar of the crowd. They get to hear the music when it's playing. They get to celebrate the victories. They, they get to whine about the defeats and blame it on somebody else. But it's only the participants that know what it felt like to miss that final shot. But it's also the participants who get to feel what it feels like when you make that shot. When you pray for your coworker, it's only the participant who gets to feel the power of God. So you can watch it happen. You can be a spectator and you can feel God, but you're never going to know the power of God. It took a lot of hard knocks. Things, I keep playing, I'm sorry. See, the, the crowd can pretend like it was their victory, but it's only the team that knows what it cost to get that victory. They know the pain. They know the hours it cost them in practice, in preparation, Nobody else knows the, co the cost to be in that game. We were not given gifts to be spectators. We have to be participants. I have to be a participant. Because, Brother Jason, I've had more failures that you described than I can count. Coworkers I know I should have prayed for. Co-workers that when I first started working there, I was, not that I was embarrassed, but I was intimidated. I just got here. Why am I going to tell her I can pray for her daughter and her daughter can be healed? I want these people to think I'm a freak right off the bat. <clears throat> and I stayed away. I said, well, you know what? Man, that's horrible. Hopefully they'll figure that out. Hopefully, they'll figure that out. I have faith in doctors. But hopefully, they'll figure that out when God already knew what the situation was. God already had the answer. But I put it in my pocket. Because sometimes God doesn't leave the truck with me. Because sometimes I say, God, I got this. Because in my arrogance... I know what it means to live for God. In my arrogance, God, when I need you, I'll call you. I mean, I, will, I know how to pray. So if I truly, if I'm about to get into an accident, Jesus. God, you're there for me, right? We're cool. How arrogant are we? God is not an airbag. God is not at roadside assistance. He wants to be all those things for you, but it takes relationship. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm probably being way too real, but it's a relationship that I've neglected because I thought I had the answers. It's a relationship that I thought was mature that I thought had been cultivated and could last through anything. 
But we have to realize that that relationship with God is precious. And it's more fragile than you realize because while God doesn't demand perfection, he demands that we try. And there's a point that we think we're good enough to not have to try every day. There's a point that we do reach that if we're not careful with that relationship, we think we have all the answers. God, I'll come to you if I can't figure it out. God, I'll come to you when they finally diagnose, when they finally diagnose something serious. God says, why wait for that? Why don't you stay in relationship with me? That way you won't be scared when that happens. <clears throat> My first heart attack scared me. But fear of death only keeps you exercising so long. God is never going to try to scare you into heaven. Because fear of hell is only going to keep you coming to church for so long. I, the, the second heart attack scared me. But the third one that nobody else knows about, that only my wife knows about, what are you doing, Mark? Are you ready to meet God today? If you crash driving home, are you ready to meet God? And I said, you know what, God, at this moment, I don't think I am. And the reality, because if you're here, you believe what we preach. The reality of having to answer that question and being honest with yourself <clears throat> and saying, God, I died right now or you came back right now I don't think I'd make it there is nothing more devastating than knowing that you have jeopardized eternity because you became somehow even while I was busy trying to work for God I became a spectator. Even while teaching Bible studies, while being involved in the back of New Life, teaching classes, going through the motions, I became a spectator rather than a participant. And God has plenty of spectators. God is looking right now, and, and a lot of you have felt this challenge, a lot of you, and I'm not ignoring the music. I know what it's God has challenged a lot of you. And I'm not going to, I'm trying not to, I don't want to speak out of turn. You have to look at that. Realize that God has challenged you. This impartation, it's for a reason. And it's not to be a spectator. And it's not just to show off, ooh, look what I can do here in church. It's for us to take it to the job. It's for us to take it to the grocery store. It's for us to take it to the schools. It's to take it everywhere that we are at because if we believe the Bible, then God has ordered our, food, our footsteps. So God knows where you're going to be any time of the day. And if you are a participant, then you're going to allow God to speak through you. 